welcome to the Masked Man Show. Um, it's kind of hard to know how to start some of these episodes, um, but you know we, we do our best. Um, you know a lot of there are a lot of things we got to talk about in the wrestling world this week, but the but the the the, first, the one that we got to deal with right off the top is the uh, there, there's no other way to say it like the absolutely uh, horrific injuries that Roman Reigns suffered oh, yes. at the hands of Braun Strowman on Monday night you know uh, we have a lot of fun with pro wrestling but some things are just beyond the pale you know and and if, if WWE can't can't keep their employees in check um yeah, someone's got to do something. I don't know. Dave Schilling? I mean, I, I don't approve of bullying in, in any sort of fashion, especially not when it involves someone tipping over an ambulance. I mean, that's that's just heinous. Well, we... Okay, Let's not make light of bullying. Bullying is a, is I a know, really... I'm, just, I'm kidding. It's a, it's a really big deal. And we'll talk, we'll talk about JBL later on, because he actually deserves the, the sad cold open, or Morrow's situation certainly does. But, um, seriously, the coolest, most amazing thing that ever happened in pro wrestling, I think in the history of the sport, was, uh, was Braun Strowman's uh, just relentless beatdown of Roman Reigns. I, I think he he legit knocked it over. I didn't see any the sort of assistance. Oh, there was a lot of assistance. You think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just believe Braun Strowman is capable of anything. Mark Mark Henry was on the other side with, like, a harness pulling it, <laughs> pulling it in the other direction. The, um, uh, you know, it was, what, a, what an unexpected delight. Probably the greatest thing about this week in the the Superstar Shake Shakedown Shake Up Shake Shakedown is a song by Bob Seger. Yeah, and Shakedown Live is the TV show, right? <laughs> the uh, the but the greatest thing about it was there were a lot of moments where not just the unexpectedness. I think it's unexpectedness is the umbrella, but there were a lot of moments where like there were a lot of wins that that you didn't see coming, and and on Raw a lot of the a lot of I think all in every instance it was because that person was getting shipped out. <laughs> And there was a forearm that uh, Finn Balor didn't see coming. Oh on man, Monday we got to talk night. about that too. Um, but the but there was a lot. But there were just a few weird twists where they would they like the the when uh, when Charlotte debuted on SmackDown or they teased it with Tamina, right? I mean that was a little bit of a of a very that was a broad way of doing it. But there were a lot of just very uh, just just surprising things. And Roman, it's like we're so accustomed to Roman Reigns cutting backstage or doing backstage interviews. Like it just seemed like. I mean, I think my—I I honestly think the biggest mistake that WWE made was setting it up like that because I bet people went to the bathroom, you know, and like it was just like a, a Roman Reigns sit down with Michael Cole. Oh yeah, I checked out for sure. But uh, it was so. But it, you know, if you were watching it live, such a nice, such a nice. And even after Braun attacked him, it didn't seem like it. It did, I thought it was just going to be a little beatdown, and then it just kept going and going, and it was it just got better and better. One thing that I feel like they miss uh, out on doing is is whenever someone falls into like uh, like the uh, the st- the stage setup, there's always sparks. Like when Dean Ambrose oh, yeah. falls into a bunch of like electrical equipment or Mick Foley, there's a bunch of like gimmicked sparks. There should have been gimmick sparks on that that ambulance. 
Oh, the hey, I thought you were going to say just when he pushed him off the edge of the of the loading dock, there should have been random sparks. <laughs> there should always be sparks in wrestling. Oh my gosh, it was that thing. That whole sequence was so well done, and it was silly, and it was like uh, you can dissect the camera angles or whatever. It's it's beyond. It's it, that's beside the point. And and shout out to Braun Strowman for being so good at playing this quote unquote heel character that really just does seem like a. a an unstoppable sort, not dumb, but uh, single-minded monster. Just his southern accent oh, and the, gosh. oh, I'm gonna smash you sort of deal. Just always works for me. Yeah, he's just a he, he, he likes he likes lifting weights and eating steaks. That's Bron's thing. <laughs> um, the, uh, the I mean, you talk about missed opportunities. I, I think I texted this to you last night. But the real my my I thought the real missed opportunity would have been to to uh, to to have Roman Reigns be shaken up and, and drafted to SmackDown, and they have him just like wheeled out there on the gurney, or even on a wheelchair. <laughs> but on but if someone wheeled out the gurney, that would have been great. And then have them say, "And our next pick is," and then Braun Strowman comes out and just throws him off the stage. Like, just keep this going forever. I don't need any wrestling matches. All I want is Braun Strowman throwing Roman Reigns off of things. Uh, I I think back to. Um that Family Guy running bit where uh, and Peter and the uh, the chicken are always fighting each oh, other. Oh yeah, of course. Um, but I wanted him in like an iron lung, like rolling uh, out in an iron lung with like a breathing apparatus. I how long? I mean, first of all, this. I mean, it's not just like we're not just talking about this. The YouTube video is like breaking records for WWE. People are. I mean, it's just a perfect thing. Well, this is another but sign that Roman Reigns is a draw, guys. How long? I'm sorry, we're gonna get to the the rest of the shakeup and everything else. But the, but how long can you keep Roman Reigns off TV? Given given that he's Roman Reigns, don't ask me that question because I'll say forever. <laughs> no, I mean like, but, but storyline wise, uh, probably two weeks. I mean. <laughs> I think that's what's like it, that. That coincides with the next pay per view. Yeah, if I, if I was them, I would keep him off of television until the show, and then give him his big triumphant return where he's booed out of the building anyway. Um, and I don't hate Roman Reigns. I just don't like Roman Reigns' character. Wait, is is payback? Um, um, this is, so is that what it's called? Payback <laughs> is the Raw brand, and it's April thirtieth. Yeah. yeah, though there are. Uh, Multiple SmackDown live competitors on the payback card. Well, you know, they couldn't have predicted the shakeup. Um, before we get to the shakeup, I like how payback and backlash are back to. This is why I'm confused. I didn't even look at the list until now. How can payback and backlash be back to back? Because the Raw superstars need payback and oh, the Smack- for WrestleMania payback yeah. and, and the- then backlash from WrestleMania. It makes sense. They should just call them payback and payback. I mean, you're pay- <laughs> payback one and payback two. Payback and paybacker. Yeah. Like, like use your illusion one and two. Yes. Couldn't it be called paybacklash? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. It's pay paybacklash is what we're in. we're just calling them. It's it's one unit payback payback. Welcome to paybacklash season, WWE. But universe. like, try to do something fun and interesting. They're they're a month apart. You know, why don't you? Just, I mean, I, I'm the loudest voice in saying have less pay per views, but like, just have these on a Saturday and a Sunday or something. If they both have the same, if it's the same gimmick for both pay-per-views, there's absolutely no reason why they can't do that. They they control everything about the distribution of their shows, so why not? Yeah. I, I don't know why they feel the need to to do traditional. It's on Sunday pay-per-views because when NFL season starts. The NFL is more important than WWE in American well, culture. WWE doesn't have any. Doesn't have, I mean, they're not. It's not like they have any. Any you know, 
fear of filling up an entire week schedule. No. You know, they're running almost every night, and they and and we have to we have stuff to watch every night. Anyway, enough complaining. Now let's complain about people almost getting hurt. <laughs> oh, great. Um, the biggest takeaway from Raw, uh, shake-up aside, uh, I mean, the, the thing that I heard the most about in, you know, texts and tweets and stuff like that was, one, Charlotte almost dying at the hands of Nia Jax, and two, Finn Balor almost, uh, you know, getting his skull cr- crushed by at the hands of, of Ginger Mahal. It's now, uh, let, me pre- let me preface this all by saying this is pro wrestling and everything's, you know, shared responsibility. Um, and who were we as as lowly marks to judge? You know who was at fault in all of these instances and, and whatever else. But that said, um, I well, I, I mean, I'll, let's start with Finn. I I'll, I can say up front that like I missed the Finn. Like I was sitting there watching it, and I guess I was like looking at my laptop when he took that hit. I remember in retrospect how I mean I remember that the, the, the announcing seemed really off. And I think I checked back in, and I was like, "That's a weak Pele kick," you know. Yeah. And like, I couldn't quite figure out what was going. You know, you know what it was? It was the uh, the sling blade is what looked really weak first. The, the, the Pele kick was terrible, but I don't think my eyes were on the screen quite yet. Um, and Pe- well, let me say the Pele kick was exceptional, all things considered. Yeah, but it was a very weak Pele kick. Um, but it was then, yeah, when he had the road rash on his face, that it was just like, "What is going on here?" Like I just didn't understand. And then I was trying to put it together when I, when before I rewatched it because I didn't record it, so I had to wait for Hulu. And I was just like, "Did he get elbowed so hard that he got three weird red bumps on his face?" And then finally, you realize he just got literally knocked out, landed face first on the map, and somehow popped back to consciousness. Kazi texted before I had even watched the show. I was just in the car. I think I was going to a Clipper game or something. And he's like, uh, oh, yeah, I, <laughs> Jinder Mahal. I can't believe that uh, he hurt Finn Balor. And I said, I haven't heard anything about that. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure he's fine. And then I finally watched it, and I, and I said to myself, holy shit. I mean, he really got decked. I can't figure out what the the miscommunication was. I know some people have. Uh, the miscommunication was about four inches. I mean, it was like that's that's the, the size of it, you know? I think some people were um, speculating that it was called as a clothesline and he did a forearm instead and so he wasn't prepared for that but if you watch the if you watch the replays that they kept the slow motion replays you could see he was bracing for something to his face fairly early I think it's just Jinder Mahal's sloppy yeah I mean who knows it's, it's the height a- differential is also weird so he's pulling a, a forearm into his face Whereas if uh, it was a taller guy, it would go sort of around his his neck or his chin. That might be part of it. I don't know. It's just it's unfortunate that his first singles match back, he's getting hurt again. I mean, he's the toughest dude in WWE just based on the examples of finishing the SummerSlam match and then finishing that match. Yeah, no, I I, I totally I, I you can't dispute that. He, I mean, it's his his work ethic is is beyond uh, is beyond critique. Um, it just sucks for the guy, man. And it's you know we'll never. I mean that's that's a weird one because it's not. Uh, well, let's compare and contrast. If someone's doing a reverse moonsault off the top turnbuckle to you on the outside, first of all, why you're I don't know who's choreographing the match to have that on like the on the the compressed outsides. There's nothing that is that is scarier and justifiably so. There's no place in the wrestling arena that's scarier than that than the camera side uh 
outside of the ring area because it's just small. Like yeah. there's not that much space. Charlotte always does that moonsault to the entrance ramp side because there's a, there's much more space to like fall and stuff. But every time people do the suicide dive to the camera side ring barrier, it, I mean they they're taking as much. I mean Big E does it all the time. Samoa Joe's does it. It looks. I mean the the margin for error is so low. Even though the suicide dives are pretty low risk, the way that they do them now and the experience they have with them. It's still such an unnecessary risk, you know? Save that for a big event. But anyway, when someone's reverse moonsaulting on you, uh, again, I'm a layman, but you're trying to catch their body, their upper torso. If you catch them in the... If, if, you're, if you end up catching the legs, then that's how people get really, really hurt. Both sides. Like, that's how the jumper can land on their head, and that's how the catcher can... Well, I mean, we saw it in TNA. That's how the catcher can get kneed in the head and get paralyzed, you know? Um... But yeah, it's just what a weird, what a weird mistake that was, and it wasn't the only, and that wasn't the worst mistake in that Nia Jax match. Yeah, that uh, shoulder breaker was pretty ugly. I mean, it didn't even connect, and then you could tell she panics, realizing that she didn't nail the move, and then just drops her. And then I was she so really con- I, I was actually confused about what the sequence of events there was. Did she get was the it was Charlotte was the injury only when she hit the mat? Did her, yeah, did, did, there was her, no there was no contact uh, between I, Nia Jax's I, knee and Charlotte's shoulder at all. It just she just sort of came down on one knee and then completely missed it and then dropped her. And I don't want to bury Nia Jax too much because she just followed me on Twitter, guys. Like a couple days before this happened, mm. I, don't, I you know great talent, this is great great certainly talent. Certainly not unbiased journalism here. <laughs> I mean, if you want me to review your performance well. WWE uh, competitors, just follow me on Twitter. That's all it takes. Yeah, that's the, I'm, I'm looking at you, Dean Ambrose. Um, congratulations for getting married, by the way. Yeah, Dean. Mazel Tov. Um, yeah, so anyway, that was a mess. I mean, let's not... There were a couple botches on that show. Yeah, there was also that shatter machine that didn't look so hot. Jim was talking about that before you came in. I think that was just a really good bump on Xavier Woods' part. Give that guy some credit. I, I think he sold it well, but I mean, the knees went into his balls, basically. Didn't really hit his face the way it's supposed to. But we don't need to dwell on the mistakes. These guys work so hard. Guys and gals work so hard to entertain us. And uh, yeah, let's. Just, I mean, this is this is a. Um, it's just. Well, this is. A, we can segue into the next section this way. They should just stop letting wrestlers call their matches. I mean, that's, that's it. <laughs> let's have Pat Patterson out there yelling at people. Pat Patterson with an old-fashioned director's megaphone. <laughs> I saw him at Screaming. the Hall of Fame, and he is—he uh, dresses like a grandpa. Oh, yeah. Pat Patterson is a legit grandpa. Legit G. Certified G as in <laughs> grandpa. grandpa. The Bill Simmons Media Group is doing this Andre the Giant documentary, so like, I, I spend a lot of time... Uh, in an unofficial capacity, just watching Andre the Giant YouTube videos and uh, making jokes about them. Um, there's, I saw one that's just, I, I don't know why it just like had me rolling on the floor. It was Pat Patterson in his, I don't know how long he did it, but in his lo- long ago role as a as a French language commentator for WWE, interviewing Andre the Giant in French. Oh wow! It was just like I don't. I, the, the funny thing was like neither of them were, were were harder to understand than they normally are. Even though it like it literally took me a minute to realize they were speaking French and not just the gobbledygook that they normally speak in. 
But it was really, it was just an incredible video. And shouts to Kevin Owens for pulling out some some French on uh, SmackDown. Yeah, we got to get to the to the shakeup. Before we get there, we should take a moment to seriously discuss, uh, to seriously discuss the the JBL Mauro Ronaldo bullying story. I, I I will be honest and say that I. Uh, <laughs> I feel like obligated to talk about it, but also like I don't know exactly what to say. There's a lot of, uh, it seems like a lot of the, the concrete evidence that we have is not is is either very old or very minor, um, or, I mean, it, the only thing that I can that I've seen anybody really like reference in, in. Uh, that specifically connects JBL and Morrow is JBL go, being up, you know, joking around or whatever. Don't say joking, bullying him about being proud that he won the, the uh, you know, the commentator of the, the yeah the, the WA the wrestling yeah the wrestling observer commentator or whatever announcer of the year award. There it feels like there's almost certainly some there there, but like people are reacting as if there's a lot more there than we know to this point. It's very possible. So they just didn't get along. That JBL was a dick to him, and Moro couldn't take it. Not that he should have to take someone being a dick to him. Yeah, let's be clear about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not advocating for JBL, um, because I don't. I mean, JBL has a history of being an asshole to people. The, like a, like, a, like an asshole. Like it deserves to be fired. Asshole. Yeah, like always, this is not like I don't. We, we should. I don't want to go too easy on JBL, but it's. Just, but like I'm trying. I, I'm. Like I said, having trouble like actually putting. I mean, the stories that people have told the Justin Roberts story is is not you know illegal, but it's it's a really shitty thing to do to your coworker. Uh, there's that story that Edge tells in his book about getting his ass soaked up by JBL in the shower, which you know people are going to come at me and say, oh, it's just locker room culture. It's locker room well, culture. I know. Actually, I mean, I, I think that people are going to be coming at us more from the other direction. I don't know what your Twitter experience is, but I, th- but there I feel like... There are people on both sides I that are just, like, so sure about their feelings Here's about the thing. We're not, we don't, we're not sure about anything. No. And I think that's what's important to point out. Now, I, if you want to... if you want to, I mean, what we talk, what you and I will talk about as we walk out of here, or what we're email and texted at, is that, like, like you know, uh, it, it seems like there... Like I said, it, it seems like there's some, some there there. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Who, I don't know who's gonna break this story. Uh, I certainly hope somebody can get to the bottom of it, so that we can have some, so that we can have some, you know, meat to chew on. I mean, it's very possible that we won't know until the middle of August when Moro's contract comes up and he, I think he can little, speak I freely. Gonna, I don't know. If, I don't even know if he can speak freely then. It's hard to say, but uh, I, have, think, I mean, the WAB certainly has some like crazy non-compete or non-disparage. They, they have clauses in their contract that don't that. You know, it's not just it's not a WWE specific thing, but people like WWE, um, you know, will put basically unenforceable, but like really draconian clauses in their contract because they know that no one's gonna, no one's gonna risk getting sued, even if they know they're gonna win. Well, I mean, Justin Roberts wrote a whole book, um, speaking out about things he didn't like about his working experience. So who knows what's in there? We'll never know because they're not a hundred percent transparent about. 
their business dealings, which is their right as a private <laughs> enterprise. I just think that with all the things we're qualifying in this segment, I don't know if that, so that's the least important part. I haven't done this much tap dancing since I was seven, and I took tap dancing classes. But Listen, I think I, I love. Let me let's just let's just cover the part that we let's just talk about the part that we can like talk about with some confidence. Mara Ronaldo is a, was a, an enormous asset to the company. Absolutely, and if he's gone because JBL like gave him a wedgie or because JBL looked at him sideways one time, WWE made a mistake by letting him go. Yeah. And by not, I mean, like, he he is worth a lot more to the company than JBL is at this point. And I enjoy JBL more than most people. Um, but, the, I mean, just the fact that J, I mean, if any of it's true, the fact that JBL has such a reputation for doing this and just uh, for the sake of having this conversation, let's just set aside the shit that JBL did and not try to prosecute for him. And I mean, I'm talking about in his wrestling days. Let's just like not try to put him in jail for that at this moment. All right. For, but having a guy with that reputation, that he's been fired for it at some point, or they let him go because of all that stuff that because of that stuff he had done to bring him back and not monitor him. I mean. It's just weird. It's it's crazy. As much as that locker room has changed, it, there's a huge element of it that I mean, Vince McMahon loves this shit. You know, he loves wrestling with guys on the airplanes and like all this kind. You know, like it's part of. It's a it's a it's a it's just a weird culture. But anyway, I have to have JBL come back and to not monitor him and to let him. You know, if if that if it turns out that that's true, that's I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm more mad at WWE than at JBL. I mean, I can only imagine what James Ellsworth goes through in the locker room every week. But I think we have to look at it. We have to look at it in a more holistic sense and say, WWE, it's part of their culture. You know, it's it's part of their culture in the way that when you go back and look at the Ricky Incognito, Richie Incognito, uh, Miami Dolphins situation where he's leaving abusive voicemails on a on a guy's phone. You say, well, it's it's locker room culture in the NFL. It's just part of the deal. It's rookie hazing, that kind of stuff. It's something that we accept. Are we going to, as a culture or as a fan base, accept WWE's culture of bullying? I, I mean, it's been around the business forever. It's how people get broken in. Um, so yeah. if if no. we're if we're cool with that, that's fine. But just explicitly say you're cool with it. If you're not cool with it, then WWE might have to start considering changing the way that they do things. Well, I think they've changed a lot. They I, have, I, certainly. I, I don't think, and I'm not saying that in their defense. I just don't think we're in the same world that we used to be in. And I, I think that it's not a thing that's specific to bullying. I think a lot of our cultural norms have, especially as we inter- as, as we deal with them in real time on Twitter, a lot of our culture norms have changed over the past like two years. Right. I mean, set it, let alone five years or ten years. Or, you know, when when things I'm sure were a lot worse. And it's just, you know, if, if I mean, it was like with the Hogan tape, you know, I mean, he he deserves all of the the ill will that was engendered by that video. But I said at the time, if you want to start, you know, if you want to start making a list of wrestlers from the 80s that use the N word in casual conversation, then like you're not you don't have any wrestling for you don't have any wrestlers left to like. Right. You know, if we start adjudicating what like all the, like the stuff that seems bad now that people did in the past, it's gonna it's a witch hunt that'll never end. But that's, that's so but but so we sh- but we should take the things that happened in 2017 and 2016 and 2015 very very seriously. Mm-hmm. Let's just not 
let's just not blur it all about like you know things that may or may not have happened in the past. We need to wait and find out what happened with Morrow. Yeah. And WWE needs, I mean, should be transparent about it. People are writing articles and they should, whatever, you know, and it's not, because if it comes out, it's just like the concussion thing. It's like everything else. If it comes out that they're bullshitting us or that they're just not, you know, they're they're just being deliberately obscure, I mean, obtuse about it, then that's going to reflect worse than just saying, like, they don't have to, like, fire the dude. They don't have to fire JBL and, like, frog march him out of the Stanford offices. They just got to stop using him on TV for a little while and f- until we, like, figure out what happened. Bring back JR. How's that sound? Yeah, as the the head of, of announcer development, and he can be in charge of making sure none of this stuff happens. Before we get to the superstar shakeup, a quick word. Whether you want to bet on the Masters or Major League Baseball, there's no better place to bet on games than BetDSI, a top-rated business on sportsbook review sites. BetDSI is the largest sportsbook online with over 20 years in business. Their live in-game wagering lets you make plays throughout entire games while they're live and running. You can even bet while on the go with BetDSI mobile betting. Not to mention, BetDSI has built a reputation of being completely dependable, so you can always count on them to repay your winnings fast. Plus, if you have any questions at all, ever, BetDSI's great customer service is available 24-7, 365 days a year. You can get a free $25 credit just for registering at BetDSI, as well as a 200% bonus with your first-time deposits when you use the promo code BSPN25. That's a 200% bonus on first-time deposits with a promo code BSPN25 at BetDSI.com. All right, Chilling. Yes, sir. If you had to bet. I love to gamble, baby. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Slot machines only. <laughs> I've, I've had some good luck on the slots. Sex in the City Big Diamonds Edition is the best slot machine okay. of all time. You, I'm you, sorry. You have surpassed my, my understanding <laughs> of slot machines already. I'll teach all right. you one day. Superstar Shakeup. If you had to bet, if you were a betting man. I am. How many and you and you were placing money on who's going to switch shows? How many of these people? How many of the people that did switch shows do you think you would have gotten right? I definitely would have gotten some of the top card people because it's been rumored. You know, I don't. I I, I cheat. I, I I read the sheets. You know, I don't. I don't get surprised very often. The people that surprised me though, I didn't really see David Otunga and Byron Saxton's. Byron Saxton switching, uh, especially because Byron Saxton was always JBL's favorite target for on-camera kayfabe bullying. Seems like an interesting choice, but JBL was super nice to him on th- on Tuesday night. Um, I wasn't expecting Rusev, Shining Stars, Jinder Mahal, all those bottom of the card people to to move. Um, other than that, it was it wasn't a huge surprise. Um. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised. I think I, I don't know if it had been rumored. I after after Raw, I assumed Charlotte was going to be going over, not because she lost. In retrospect, that makes plenty of sense, but more because the, the women's division had been so skewed towards Raw, and they had just done the entering promo with Sasha and Bailey, kind of welcoming the newcomers. Charlotte seemed like the only way they could really balance it out, right? Yeah. Um, and then obviously Kevin Owens has to go over to SmackDown, right? Because of the Ambers. belts. Yeah. But that said, both of those people, when they did show up on SmackDown, I felt surprised. I felt a thrill. Yeah. You know, like even though I could have predicted them, there, you can't predict the feeling you'll have when it happens. Um, Kevin Owens, by the way, I returned it. I made it. I made a two tweet return to Twitter just to make jokes about Kevin Owens in the suit. 
<laughs> and, and shaved the shaved face. face. Yeah. I, I, first, my first joke was that he looked like somebody from Office Space, and then I just then I started just making, and then I made a, a Fight Club joke because it just looks like like he is he is like he he's the guy that imagines being. Um, uh, Tyler Durden, like in it, like it, in, like when he's in the ring, he's Tyler Durden. When he's walking around in that like weird gray suit with a shaved face, he is like an office peon. He looked like he was going to church for Easter. Yeah, which is a great heel move. Yeah, it's a weird. Uh, it's a, it was an immaculate suit. I just want to say that he yeah. looks be- like that was a better suit than than the black suit he started off wearing. But the black suit had was like his character. That was like his gimmick, right? Yeah. You got to if you're if you're if you're going to wear suits, there you still got to they still got to be gimmick. They still got to like be part of your part of your character. You know? You can't just even if you're I mean Rick Flair could wear the nicest suits in the world. You know, that that's his character though. You can wear any suit. And actually if you look back, he was wearing some like real messed up shit in the 70s and 80s. You know, the stuff that like just ugly, ugly ass suits. He should. If he had just been wearing a simple two button gray suit every week, we would. It, they, they probably would have been better for his legacy. Yeah, but if you're Ric Flair, you got to unbutton seven buttons on your shirt, and it's yeah. got to be some pastel color. Yeah, with those with those gators, those five hundred dollars gators. I don't even. I mean, the, the the worst ever was when they was when they were doing the horseman gimmick with. Uh, Benoit and Malenko, and they just let them wear their own suits or whatever, and they were just coming in like ill-fitted, like J.C. Penney things, <laughs> and Benoit had like a collarless shirt on, but not not like a not like a Shane McMahon style. Like this is supposed to go this way. Just it was just bad. But anyway, he looked great, Kevin Owens. He just didn't look much like the Kevin Owens, and maybe that's a good. Maybe that's good because it's a new era for him. Man, I didn't realize we were gonna be talking about fashion so much on this show. Yeah, we usually save that for the for the uh, the second podcast, the after hours podcast. Talking mask, talking mask. Um. So listen, let's let's run down the let's run run down all of the switch the the talent swaps one by one. We started off uh, raw with with John Cena's music, which was just another great troll. I told like I told like I was I was saying earlier, everything was just they really did get us hook line and sinker, you know. Um. But the uh, but so you hear his music and then the Miz and Maurice come out and celebrate. Um, it was great. I'm happy the Miz is getting. I'm, ha- I'm I'm sad that we're not going to get the Miz versus Nakamura as it seemed like we might get last week. But I think the big takeaway we'll go through this person by person. But the big takeaway is we we're, SmackDown is officially back to old. We're 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 back to the original brand split. Raw is all glitz and glam, and SmackDown is wrestling. Yeah. I mean, I think that it wouldn't surprise me if, like, if they just put Cesaro on then on SmackDown in a month, just because that's where he, is, where he needs to be. It's the shows have much have much firmer identities now, and and it's even like the guys who I didn't know couldn't like if if I had if if I had been in charge of the brand split, I would have put Ambrose and Wyatt on SmackDown a year ago or whenever that was. Was it a year ago? It was a year ago. Yeah. And I would have been like, get them the hell off my show six like by now. They're both great wrestlers, but they're just not like they're not like the work rate SmackDown guys that I thought they might turn out to be if given that opportunity. Um, yeah, we've gone from Nakamura versus The Miz to Nakamura versus Dolph Ziggler, which is a massive, ma- massive work, rate, work rate improvement. All of which is to say that The Miz is The Miz belongs on Raw and is going to be a major star of the next year. Yeah. 
there's a certain there's a point to which like him fighting for the, the for the SmackDown title is, is it it doesn't do as much for his character or for the title as 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 it could. I mean, he just needs to he really needs the because he's been the he's been the unified champion. He, at this point, he just needs to be validated by going after the going after the universal title again. Whether or not he does that, if he's an IC champion, I think that just keeping him in. I don't know. If there's a difference at this point. I mean, they're, they're certainly making the mid card belts the main belts on the two shows on a week a weekend week out. But it seems like that's the idea. But the Miz is going to be a huge star on Raw. Congrats to him. Apollo Cruz was announced in the pre show. I think there's a reasonable question as to whether or not he's going to be in a, a cruiserweight or a or a main roster guy because he's not significantly. I mean, he's a, he's jacked to the high heavens, but I can't imagine he weighs that much more than Neville does. Yeah, I met him at um, Wale Mania when I was in Orlando, and in terms of height, he and I are fairly similar. But he's uh, like four times wider than you, of pure muscle. Yeah, I mean, muscle wise, yes. I don't know if he's wider than me. <laughs> I do. I do enjoy my Del Taco. Um, yeah, I, I think he would be great in the cruiserweight division. I, I, I don't see where he fits in as a singles on Raw when there's so much competition for for time if he's not doing the cruiserweight division. I mean, I think at some point if he's not, if if we're if we're a, if if we're gonna just sort of stipulate that he doesn't have much of a character and he's not gonna get one, I mean, and that's we should not assume that. But if that's where he is right now, we've seen wrestlers without characters get way way over. I mean, Jeff Hardy did it back in the day. You know, I mean, he was part of a tag. I mean, I don't want people are gonna come at me for saying Jeff Hardy didn't have a character. Jeff Hardy spoke like five words in his for in that first whole run in WWE. Yeah, character doesn't mean a gimmick. Uh, it means that you have some sort of motivation that you care about certain things over other things. And if you're not going to talk, just put Apollo Cruz in the ring with somebody that's important. Just let him accidentally go. I mean, let let them go like surprisingly go 25 minutes on Raw. You yeah, know, that's what they did with John Cena when John Cena premiered. Is he wrestled Kurt Angle? Yeah. And oh my God, this guy could be a thing. He didn't he win that match with like a schoolboy or something? I don't even remember. All I all I remember is his tights. <laughs> Of course, you're looking at his tights, man. You're all in the fashion. I remember watching that match very clearly, and I said, "I turn." We didn't have text messaging or tweeting back then. I think we only had longhand writing. (laughs) And I remember writing a letter to my uh, to my friend who was a wrestling fan, saying, "John Cena is awesome, but he would be better if he wrestled in jorts." That's (laughs) it. Wow, man, you are you are light years ahead. Um, all right, uh, who else do we have? Dean Ambrose is also on Raw. The Shield uh, reunion. This is it. This is what It was so good the way that they just stacked. They were you know how they stacked Miz and then Ambrose. You know, it felt it was just perfect. Um, the Shield is all back on Raw, and they're all baby faces. I wouldn't say pure baby faces because pure baby faces run to the aid of their friends when they're getting. Like pushed off They're of things. They're still not friends. They still have legitimate. No, but heat. if you're an, if you're a traditional baby face, yeah, you, you pour out of the back. I mean, it takes you ten minutes, but you get out of the the, the, the dressing room to come save another baby face from a beatdown. Well, because they all are in separate dressing rooms, like in in the Battle Bowl at Starcade. That's that's a probably that's a really good that's point. A, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it will be interesting to see if we if we get some. I mean, we have to get interaction. Well, there's going to be three of the top guys in the show, but yeah. it, it'll be. It's kind of a Dean Ambrose um, was the anchor for SmackDown when it began, 
AJ Styles sort of took that mantle. But Dean Ambrose deserves, like, if going to Raw is a call-up, if that's a promotion, he deserves every bit of it. That said, as much as he accomplished on the on SmackDown, it sort of went in this weird reverse order where he starts off as the, as the WWE champion, ends up as the IC champion, now he's back on Raw, and he still has his two former shield, shield mates above him on the pecking order. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure how it... I'm not, I don't know how we circle, we, we square that circle. Well, I'm not 100% on board with the idea that he deserves a promotion. I feel like some of his work, both in the ring and on the mic, has, has been lacking uh, in, in motivation and, and, uh, and fire. And, and this is a, a common complaint with him. Um, hopefully, you know, being in a, in a different environment will, will motivate him and push him to maybe you know work some better matches or, or or find some fire or find a new wrinkle to his character because it just sort of feels like we've been around the block with him a few times. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you with those three guys on a on a roster that's not half the size he used to be but close, like I don't know how you keep any distance between them without putting keeping one of them in the hospital at all times. <laughs> well, I thought maybe. Rollins was going to go to SmackDown. I thought they were yeah. that was going that was going to be the move. But the I mean, maybe just Ambrose and Rollins is a tag team for a while or something. Just let them like beat up the tag team division for you know. Just do something to like. You got to acknowledge that they know each other. You know, we got to do something with them. I'm, anyway, I'm glad Rollins isn't on SmackDown because it really does feel like the board is clear for AJ Styles and, and Shinsuke to be the top baby faces on that show. And AJ Styles it's is weird, man, very but it, clearly but a baby. It certainly face does draw. Okay, well, let's keep going. We'll get to SmackDown in a second. Kurt Hawkins, you have any long, long thoughts on him? No, no I'm just kidding. Solid uh, jobber. Bray Wyatt with a really weird video package. I'm coming to Raw. Um, just get him away from Randy Orton. That's fine by me. This is also going to be, if I'm just doing my tally right now, this is the 11th time they've taken him away from the Wyatt family and then immediately put the Wyatt family back with him. So I'm just kidding. That's not a real number. But it seemed, but they've done <laughs> this before where it's like, finally Bray gets a chance to succeed as a singles wrestler without leaning on the same gimmick. He, and then some, they did this at the brand split. They didn't even like draft the other two guys to SmackDown. They just showed up on SmackDown. Well, so are you saying that... Um Eric Rowan is going to be on Raw. Next he was week. on SmackDown with a great new mask. Yeah, and a weird entrance music. I my I, based on absolutely nothing. My guess is WWE creative has decided with 100% certainty to not bring any Rowan or Harper or Rowan to Raw, and that they will be there backing up Bray Wyatt within three months. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Um, I hope that doesn't happen. He's good. He's fun. And you know, I'd love to see him interact with Braun Strowman on a "Hey, we used to we used to oh, roll" kind of level. I didn't even think about that. Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt together again. I don't think they should put them together. I think they should just be like, "Yeah, I know you." And because oh, Braun no, is Braun so is too. the one guy who actually deserved this, or not deserved, who actually has earned the singles push so far. Yeah, I actually think it's going to be great for Luke Harper to get some room to maneuver on SmackDown too. Assuming he gets a, a, a character, Alexa Bliss and Mickey James are the big ones. In the, I mean, but in the women's division, but just in general, Alexa Bliss was a shock to me. But I'm excited. That was another ledger balancing where you send Charlotte over to SmackDown, be another heel on Raw. Charlotte Flair is a legit blue chipper like superstar. Yeah. In w, I mean, whatever. The New Day, I think you can also put on that level. Kevin Owens certainly on that level. Um, but all three of these, with you know, are are talented worker all three all five five of these are talented workers the new day you know has not their, their role has not been putting on wrestling clinics but they're all talented performers um 
SmackDown just seems like it's they. Uh, it, let's go through the rest of the list. Rusev, who's out with an injury and and got got much less of a introduction than either his of his former uh, partner Jinder Mahal or his um, his his lady wife yeah. wife Lana, who uh, who I I guess just got turned babyface by the TSA today. Um, <laughs> Uh, Sin Cara, because I guess the Lucha Dragons can never be on the same show at the same time. It'll like a, the space time continuum will tear. Um, and the Shining Stars, who, by the way, I I love the Shining. I love the Shining Stars. I think they should should switch teams, like switch shows, like every three months with like a real serious attempt at repackaging them. But they've always been, I think, smack. I think. I thought I, I thought that they were going to switch shows, but the, my, the argument against it was they weren't important enough to switch shows, and it would be like a slap in the face. But look at the SmackDown roster; it is officially the B show now. There's no question in the world. Yeah, it's a it's a lateral move for Kevin Owens because he's going to be a bigger star than he would have been amongst all those other big stars on Raw. Um, I think you could probably say the same for the New Day. You know, they could. There, there's going to be less. They're going to be less reliant on the New Day to, to fill up hours of programming, which is good for them at this point. They don't need to be just doing long promos and, you know, whatever. Maybe they'll get an opportunity to kind of spread their wings and do something a little bit different. Charlotte Flair is going to be the face of this show. Yeah. So you got to say that's a good move for her. And Rusev needed a reboot. Lana is apparently really getting a reboot and going to be like Lady Fandango while Rusev's out. Again. I don't know. I'm, we we can talk about this later. I don't understand. I, yeah, I don't know if she's supposed to be a cabaret dancer or or what, but it does feel like she's inheriting the Emelina slash Eva Marie gimmick of just being sultry. She has trained to be a wrestler. Right. Apparently it didn't go very well, but it, like, I, I thought that they were going to make her a wrestler. That's what I thought that whole thing was, and then there was just it was just form. It was just so ambiguous. I'm, I'm intrigued to see if she sticks with the Russian accent. She doesn't have it on Total Divas, exactly. Like at some point, you have to you have to wonder if they're thinking. Well, I mean, everybody knows she's not freaking Russian. It's not even a particularly great okay. accent. Can I fantasy book? Yeah, of course. That's what we're here for. Let's see. My fantasy booking involves Rusev, so we got to pretend he's and he's got to be there. If she just came out and did like a parody of the late Attitude Era, like Dustin Rhodes takes off the makeup and the hat, and he's just like, "My real name's Dustin," you know, whatever, yeah. like that kind of thing. If she just did that, started talking in a real voice, and everybody's just like, "All right, this is pretty good." And then Rusev grabs the mic, and he's just like, "And I'm Phil from New Jersey," you know, and <laughs> and they just switch. Like Lana gets to be herself, and Rusev is just totally playing an American dude for like the next year. Oh my God, are you Vince Russo? Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> it would be funny. Yeah, and Rusev, really good worker, great as a monster, but that has a shelf life. Um, and, and, I, they, and he's actually funny. Yeah, he's he great. actually makes me laugh. No, so. He's got a huge. See, all of the people that moved to, that moved to SmackDown have have just incredible potential. And I'm not saying that as like the semi derogatory, like oh high upside, like. But he's obviously not exploring that now. I think that SmackDown is is unequivocally the B show now, yeah. and is going to be twice as good as it was before. Yeah, it's going to be so so like they like I'm excited for everybody that's on SmackDown, and it's not just because SmackDown's been good. They're, by by putting Kevin Owens there, by putting Charlotte there, I think was a real linchpin. By leaving AJ there, 
And I mean, Randy Orton's a champion. We're not even going to talk about him, but uh, you know. And I think that they're, they 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 made ex- all of the exact right moves. Where like, if they'd just been one fewer person, I would have been like, well, SmackDown got the short shrift. Time to only watch Raw. But it's just the roster's so good. And this is why I think the shining stars are the MVPs of this. Because <laughs> they might actually My have TV time. <laughs> this is this is why I think the shining stars are the MVPs because. Everything here is all the is is evidence that they are going to let, they're going to allow people the opportunity to to shine. No pun intended. And these two guys are talented, and they've been saddled with bad gimmicks forever. <laughs> if they if they can do the SmackDown shakeup this way and just like, let people sort of reboot, it could be a real beneficial thing. I have to disagree with you and say that the MVP of the the shakeup is AJ Styles, oh. because AJ Styles for a long time was rumored to be going to Raw, where he would be competing with Roman Reigns, with Brock Lesnar, with Finn Balor, um, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, and Finn Balor, Finn Balor, and Seth Rollins are basically like. No matter how you break up wrestler types, like those three, those three dude. guys are the same guys. Yeah, they were, they fill the same slots. They're not the same guys. I was always saying I'll send Finn to SmackDown so he can be the top guy, but AJ Styles fits the bill there. AJ Styles can be the biggest babyface in the company just because he's on SmackDown mm-hmm. and he's not competing for airtime or popularity or attention with all those other dudes. I'm going to have to interrupt you. He'd be the, he's the second biggest baby face in the company behind Braun Strowman. <laughs> Braun Strowman, yeah. <laughs> um, Let's see AJ Styles lift an ambulance. We actually do have to get out of here. I'm excited where all these things to see where everything goes. Um, we will get to Twitter questions one day. They're really drying up because we, we've been... Uh, really? Well, only because we've been... We've been uh, We'll do an all mailbag show, just like the great uh, guy who signs my paychecks, Bill Simmons, did last week. Um, I love Twitter questions, guys. Send them over, and if there are so many that we have to do a bonus episode, we will. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I think that's fair. Oh, the great pretty boy Larry Sharp died. All right, the monster. Fi- I'm sorry that if I if he had if if I had gotten this news earlier, I would have I, somewhere in my house. I own the Monster Factory's, like, How to Be a Wrestler handbook. Mm-hmm. One of my prized possessions that I literally don't know where it is now. I think I put it inside. It's a little paperback, like, and I put it inside another book to keep it safe, and I have no idea what book that was now. But um, we should just read it on the air. We yeah. should just, like, do the entire, just read through the book. Monster Factory is... Um, it brought us some of the great heels of the 80s and early 90s, I guess, but also just a great, it's a great, the great wrestling example of like your gimmick is everything because there's nothing about that school except the reason why everybody knows it is because it was called the Monster Factory. <laughs> That's right. Get yourself over. Oh, there's so, okay. I can't wait to watch all these YouTube videos too. The Jim Senate, the Jim Senate of the Monster, about the Monster Factory on Current Affair. Jeez Louise. Um, I implore you all to leave five star or four star reviews on iTunes. Tweet at us at Massman Show. Tweet at me at Dave underscore Schilling. And Shoemaker's never on Twitter, so don't bother. Yeah, and tweet at me by driving by my apartment and honking your horn. Um, thanks for listening. Dave, thanks as always for coming by. Of course. Congratulations to Dean Ambrose. <laughs> um, and apologies to him as well. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. And I'm Phil from New Jersey.